Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So much to cover, so little time. But here we be. I want to touch this issue quickly, but at the top. Inflation. I've been talking about inflation now, oh, almost three months. Actually, more than three months, I've been trying to explain that the wild deficit spending that's taking place even under the Republicans would someday, to quote Pastor Wright, the anti-Semite, Obama's mentor, the will come home to roost. Well, it's coming home to roost, and it's going to come to home to roost a lot more. Because the Democrats next week want to push through another $6 trillion in spending. On top of the $6 trillion, they want to spend another two, over $2 trillion on what they call infrastructure. They're lying to you. They're using labels to try and confuse you. The media regurgitates this stuff because that's what they do. They're corrupt and they're radical leftists. And because you don't feel this in any harsh way today doesn't mean it's not occurring. It is occurring. It takes time to resonate through the economy. And that's precisely what's taking place. So the head of the Fed in St. Louis said, we're probably going to have to increase interest rates earlier than we thought. Oh. Why? Because there's just too much cash out there. Printed by the government. We have people in this country now, they're not on unemployment insurance. They're not on coronavirus relief. They're on welfare. These bills massively expanded the welfare rolls to include 
people in the Marxian verbiage, middle class, many of whom are young people. It's just a lot more lucrative to be on welfare, because that's what it is, than to work for a living. And so you have a dozen or so states that said, okay, we're going to get rid of some of this federal welfare. We're not going to take it anymore because our businesses need employees. We have 9.3 million jobs that are unfilled because the federal government is competing with the private sector, and that's just not a fair fight. Notice we never talk about the federal government as a monopoly, do we? It's a monopoly in every sense of the word. It has power horizontally and vertically. It has power in so many ways. It's the biggest employer. It's the biggest creditor. It's the biggest debtor. It's the biggest landowner. It's the biggest landlord. It's the biggest tenant. It's the biggest user of material. It's the biggest user of electricity. It's the biggest user of water. It's the biggest user of gasoline and oil. It's the biggest user of steel and cement for all the buildings and so forth. It's involved in directly and indirectly. And we could go on and on and on. The federal government is a monopoly, but it's never viewed that way. It's never treated that way. There's not a single corporation in this country or aggregate of corporations in this country that can come close to the power that the federal government has in terms of economic power. And that economic power, of course, is backed up by what? The law. In the private sector, we can't make laws that benefit us, that empower us over other people and other competitors. Federal government does this all the time. It's called regu- <coughs> excuse me, it's called regulation. And so the federal government has a lack of knowledge. It has a lack of competition. The bureaucrats are not experts. Many of them don't have jobs because of merit. They have jobs because of seniority. They're protected through the civil service and the union system, many of them. So they're not there based on merit or competency, most of them. They're just there. And they don't want merit or competency. Just ask their unions much like the NEA and the AFT. Now, the politicians don't make economic decisions. They make political decisions that affect the economy. That's why the welfare state is so massive, and it's going to get even more massive under Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Bernie Sanders, Bernard. And then they will institute these massive new policies Expand people who can apply and get benefits, legal, illegal aliens, American citizens, what have you. The Supreme Court, like with Obamacare, will uphold it. The Supreme Court doesn't uphold the Constitution very much anymore against economic Marxism. Gives it its stamp of approval. That's what Obamacare is. And so here we are. Individual decision-making is being crushed. Individual life decisions are being crushed. Unless you're part of the base of the Democrat Party in a preferred, quote, civil rights group. That, of course, has been victimized by the white dominant culture 
which in many cases has nothing to do with whiteness whatsoever. And so now we're going to face very, very serious inflation, ladies and gentlemen. The very wealthy will know what to do. They'll take their money, they'll put it in certificates of deposit, they'll take it out of cash. They'll put it in certificates of deposit, which are very low right now, but they'll move up. They'll put it in real estate, they'll put it here, they'll put it there. They'll know what to do, they have the best advisors in the world. They'll move it overseas, whatever. It's you. The so-called middle class. You're the ones who are going to pay the price. And once inflation is released as a result of what Biden, the Democrats, and some of the spent-thrift Republicans were doing, but by far the Democrats and Biden, and they're not done. They're not even looking over their shoulders. They're not even looking at the statistics, you know. The people who follow the science and the data follow no science and no data. Once this monster is unleashed, once this monster is unleashed, the only way to get it under control is very severe steps, monetary steps, which will be even more painful until the benefit is realized. That's what happened when Ronald Reagan was elected president. We had massive inflation as a result of Jimmy Carter's policies and Richard Nixon's policies. You know, the truth is Joe Biden's following Richard Nixon's economic model. Certainly not Reagan's, certainly not Trump's. And so in order to to get inflation under control, which destroys everything in its path, think of it that way, because it destroys the currency, and so it drives up prices hugely, and drives down the value of the dollar hugely, and you're caught in between. Your salary, your income is worth less, two words, worth less, And the cost of even basics, food, energy, whatever, is much higher. And you can go from inflation to deflation, which is even worse, into a deep depression if the wrong decisions are made. And the wrong decisions would include massive tax increases on the private sector, while the private sector, that's you folks, you're the private sector. Even if you work in the government, you're also the private sector. You buy things from the private sector. You make voluntary exchanges in the private sector. You need the private sector in order to survive. If the wrong economic decisions are made, like massive tax increases, or the Green New Deal where we're shutting down pipelines and oil fields, if you have, in addition to the economic disaster that is unleashed by Joe Biden and the Democrats, further economic decisions that further constrain and shrink the private sector, you're going to get a depression. Liberal Republicans. Herbert Hoover was a liberal Republican. He made many wrong decisions. Franklin Roosevelt was a socialist. Many, many wrong decisions. They took a recession, made it a Great Depression, And this is where you have all these government programs and the bastardization of the Supreme Court and all this precedent about big government and centralized government in Washington, D.C. with all these buildings and bureaus and units and offices and all the rest. It all started pretty much then. And it hasn't gone away. 
and with a radicalized Democrat Party in the American Marxist movement in this country, pushing hard, pushing hard, we can have a Great Depression in this country. We can have a Great Depression in this country. The Democrats know it. But keep something in mind. The influence of the American Marxist on the Democrat Party is significant. And what is their goal ultimately? To destroy the existing society and replace it with some kind of Rube Goldberg Marxist socialist system. They're never very clear about what it is, but it doesn't really matter. Any port and storm, critical race theory, critical immigration theory, critical trends theory, I call them those things, and that's fine. And so for them, it's a win-win. But they have to also control the political system. That's precisely why they want to control the Supreme Court. I don't know why. They pretty much control it anyway. You can see Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, they've already buckled. John Roberts wants to be the next uh, Chief Justice Warren. So that's three. Um, pretty much there's, there's three constitutionals left on the Supreme Court, two in particular, one most of the time. And that's where we are. But that's also why they want to change our election laws. They're breaking their backs. They're afraid the House will be taken by the Republicans, given the economic situation that's right on the horizon, to try and institute with no majority in the Senate. They don't have a majority in the Senate. It's the Constitution that gives the vice president a vote. They have no significant majority in the House. They're hanging on by a thread. And by the way, the thinnest thread in 100 years. And they want to ram through all this stuff they can in order to have permanent control. So one massive inflation, massive recession, potential depression hits the fan, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Not a damn thing you can do about it. They can talk about income equity all they want. I discussed this yesterday, didn't I? What do they mean by equity and equality? Why don't they define it for us? How do we know we've reached it? You see, because they don't view you as individual human beings. You're white, or you're black, or you're Asian, or you're Hispanic. And white is bad, and black is good, and Asian is, is good, and Hispanic is good, and this is bad, and that's bad. And when we compete, all that crap. You're not individual human beings. You're not individual Americans, all of whom are red-blooded yanks. So they dehumanize you, as I keep saying over and over and over again, and I explain in American Marxism. You're not a human being. You're an it. They even changed the names, haven't they? Well, what about him and her? No, no, it's them and they. Well, what about that woman? No, 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 it's a birthing person. Change the names, change the labels, change the approach, and suddenly you don't have human beings anymore. It's like abortion. Oh, it's a fetus. Excuse me. That's a baby. No, no, no. It's a fetus. Don't worry. Can't feel anything. Well, we have advanced science now. It tells us it's a human being. It has fingers. It has eyes. It has feet. It can feel pain. No, no. It's a fetus. And besides, we believe in the women's choice. I mean, birthing person's choice. So you're in this whole thing, 
It's not we the people. It's not people at all. You're a thing. You're an it. You're a widget. I don't care what race you are, what your background is. This is the ideology. This is why under Marxism you can murder 60 million people and not even blink. This is why you can trash over 60% of the American people as white supremacists when most of them don't even think that way. I'll be right back. Mark Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Well, as you know by now, today is Juneteenth. Now, the vast majority of us never heard of Juneteenth. It's tomorrow, rather, but it's celebrated today, Mr. By the government. Why would Juneteenth be celebrated on Friday, Mr. Producer? Oh, I know why. To give people a day off. Why do we need to give people a day off? Are people going to synagogue or temple or mosques? or what, what, What's happening on Juneteenth? I'm not opposed to Juneteenth acknowledging it, but the fact is, over at Gateway Pundit, they, they demonstrate that Joe Biden in June 2020, he had no idea what Juneteenth was. He confused it with the Tulsa massacre. And all during his eight grand years as President of the United States, Barack Mailhouse Benito Obama never tweeted once about Juneteenth. Never said a word. Never tweeted once. Joe Biden last year didn't know what it was. And now it's the holiest of the holies. The holiest of the holies. Praise be he. And so what did you do on Juneteenth to recognize the importance of that date? Uh, probably nothing. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You got that, baby. The new American Revolution starts right here, right now. Well, actually, July 13th. Shortly after July 4th. Another Independence Day. You know, I sit here and I noodle. Mr. Producer, Mr. Callscreener will tell you... uh, during the break, and I was thinking about this. It is Juneteenth, a national holiday. Joe Biden didn't know what it was last year. Barack Obama, as the Gateway Pundit points out, never tweeted about it, never gave a speech about it. But suddenly it's an all-important holiday, national holiday. Okay, it's a national holiday. Why do people get... A day off. It can be a national holiday and you still have to work, right? Be a national holiday and you still have to work. But no. And there's a piece in the Daily Mail that in some cases, with 11 national holidays, other vacation time and other leave time, we have civil servants in this country that get upwards of 44 days off a year. 44 days off a year, which fits right into this this government-sanctioned, government-pushed expansion of the welfare state into the private sector. Well, we're going to pay you more than you would work, you know, as a waiter, as a whatever it is. It's incredible. There's two worlds here, two different economies. I talked about it all during the virus and everything else. You shut down the federal government, and not the essential elements, but you shut down the Marxist part, the redistribution part, the welfare part, handing out checks left and right of the federal government. You even exempt programs like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, and the world's going to end if it's shut down for 24 to 48 hours. Meanwhile, you can shut down entire economies and cities and states, put people out of business. They lose everything. Some of them commit suicide as a result. And it is the righteous, patriotic thing to do. I'm telling you. The American Marxists. Now, further to this point about Juneteenth, I have a specific question. All over the media, they were talking about Juneteenth today, is my understanding. Nobody talked about the role of the Democrat Party in slavery. Everybody says we're afraid to discuss America's history. I'm not afraid to discuss America's history. I'm prepared prepared to discuss every damn segment of it. But the Democrat Party was the driving force in slavery. It was the driving force in the Confederacy. It was the driving force 
that supported the Klan and segregation for a hundred years. And yet, this is, may I say, whitewashed. This is whitewashed. Because now, because the party is the official organ of American Marxism, it's excused. Now, I notice all these radical critical race theory professors and wannabes, they talk about Americans and America, and they, they never talk about the Democrat Party. Do they? Now the Democrat Party points to the Republican Party and, and constitutionalists and conservatives as supporting Jim Crow. What it is they are the architects and were of segregation and the continuation of slavery. So my question is on Juneteenth, which is Saturday tomorrow, but of course we celebrate it on Friday so bureaucrats and others can get a three-day weekend out of it. Oh, the holy of the holies. What are you Democrats doing on Juneteenth? What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing today? If you're a Democrat, you have to embrace the history of the Democrat Party. That's the way it goes. That's what we're told. If you're a Democrat, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? To acknowledge what your party did. And to make amends. Look, if I have to make amends for some white guy who held slaves 200 years ago when my family wasn't even here. If you're a Democrat by choice. Hello, hello, by choice. Not by biology. Then I need to understand this, don't you? So what are you doing? And, of course, the historical, incredible irony is that the one man who can reach back to the late 60s, and particularly the early 70s as a senator, who opposed integration, who didn't want to send his kids into a jungle, who believed that white people and black people should be separate because black people want to be separate. These are all things he said. Joe Biden signed the holiday. It's amazing. It's amazing. And as I said, last year Joe Biden didn't even know what Juneteenth was. Barack Milhouse Benito Obama, the first black president, he's really the first interracial president. And we should be celebrating that, quite frankly. We should be celebrating that. But you're not allowed to, because I get attacked. We can't talk the truth. He's an interracial human being. Isn't that a good thing? No, 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 no. It's not a good thing. Anyway, I happen to think it is. Because that shows what? Compassion, diversity, humanity. Not that you have to, but that he is the, the result of it. Nonetheless, Obama, for some reason, is in demand on on all these news shows. And we know the reason why. He's their top propagandist. He's the Svengali behind the nitwit in the Oval Office. His radicals surround this president and are populated throughout the administration. 
And he's on Good Morning America, which has become a unwatchable morning show with its propaganda. And Michael Strahan, who's now down for the revolution. Michael Strahan's now down for the revolution. So you have all these rich people bemoaning what's happened to our country and it hasn't happened fast enough and all the things that have to happen to our country. It's an amazing thing. Meanwhile, you go into communities, white, black, mixed, whatever. People don't think like these guys think. Anyway, here we go. Cut to go. I I remember being in school. Mm -hmm. And they had all the presidents. No, wait, music, Mr. Did they have music on the... uh... Wow. Sounds like they were ready. Go ahead. I I remember being in school. Mm -hmm. And... They had all the presidents, and they had every president up there, and you would look at that list, and you would say, I want to be president, but I don't think you could believe it. Now, when they look at that, your face is up there, and a lot of people will look and say, it signifies, since you've been elected president, that that we've moved on from the issue of race. What do you say to that? stop. I can tell you in advance. No, 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 that can't be. Now, 13% or so of the population is black. That's the government stats. I don't know how they figure that out, but there you go. 13%. Now, by my math, which isn't great, that means 87% of the population is not. You elect a man who's black to the presidency, who racially is part of a community that is 13% of the population. Can you show me anywhere else on the face of the earth where that sort of thing happens? Whether it's religion, whether it's race, whatever it is. It doesn't happen. Not anywhere. On the face of the earth. Nowhere. So what does Obama have to say? Does he, he say, well, you know, you're right. And because of that, I took steps to further unite the country and to to speak about interracial marriage and what a wonderful thing it is and to talk about diversity and to try and bring the country together and move us. No, because Obama was raised by Marxists. He's a flamethrower. He's the one who was with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, who were involved in the Weather Underground and Scores, scores of violent acts, including bombing the Capitol building. Wouldn't you stay away from somebody like Bernadine Dorn or somebody like Bill, but not Obama? Or Minister Wright, the the right Minister Wright. A nakedly Marxist anti-Semite in the Farrakhan model. That's Obama. And yet, he won the nomination of the Democrat Party against the most powerful family at that point, the Clintons. And he won the presidency. Does that show progress? No, of course not. No, no, it can't possibly, no. So what's his answer? Go. In the case that by virtue of my election, somehow we entered into a post-racial world. It wasn't something I believed. Uh, A post-racial world. What does that mean? This guy embraces critical race theory. Since he's been out of office, he's been more racist and out of the closet with it than ever before, because it's safe now. 
eight years presidency under his belt. He wanted to get elected president. One before that, he wanted to get elected to the Senate. Now he's fully out of the closet. A post-racial society. We can never have a post-racial society because Obama rejects Martin Luther King. Because critical race theory rejects Martin Luther King. A colorblind society. Judging people on their character and their individuality. Because it's not about race. Race is an excuse to advance a Marxist agenda. It's that simple. Go ahead. Certainly don't believe it now. So the fact is, is that a lot of barriers still exist for a whole lot of folks. Yeah. But when a you- lot of barriers still exist for a whole lot of folks, regardless of their race. You see, that's the nature of living anywhere. That's the nature of humanity. That's been the nature of humanity. Of course there's barriers. There's mental barriers. There's physical barriers. You may even be mistreated, and not even because of your race. Maybe somebody sees you as threatening. Maybe they're of the same race or same genitalia. There's always going to be barriers. To everything. That's the nature of life. Go ahead. list of presidents, we still haven't seen a woman. And the notion that women... So what if we still haven't seen a woman president? One day we will. But we don't vote on people based on their genitalia or their skin color. We shouldn't. That's the great thing about the country. That's what I would say to Michael Strahan. That's what I would say to Barack Obama. Did people vote for you because you're black? Is that what they did? Well, clearly some people did. But don't you think many people... And don't you hope that most people voted because they thought you would be a good president? Well, which is it? We don't have affirmative action for the presidency based on genitalia, skin color, religion, height, weight, or any of the rest of it. That's not the way this country works. Now, he'll never mention his own party, and he'll never mention himself. What exactly did Barack Obama to advance the cause, quote-unquote, of black people in this country? Donald Trump did far more. What did Obama do? I really want to know. What did he do? He didn't even recognize Juneteenth, for God's sakes. Never mentioned it. I'll be right back. in. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. 
and it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So the first black president in America never tweeted about or gave a speech about Juneteenth, never pushed for any kind of holiday. The uh, first um, physically transparent president, I think we can say that of Biden, uh, thought that Juneteenth was the Tulsa massacre. And I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, when did uh, Michael Strahan mention Juneteenth? When was it brought up in Good Morning America? When did any of these uh, new uh, great advocates, when did they mention it? Chuck Todd? George Stephanopoulos? Never. Now here's Michael Strahan, down for the revolution, ladies and gentlemen. Cut three, go. In the promised land, you talk about hope. How come I don't get music behind my interviews, Mr. Producer? How come come I don't have a whole production thing behind? Hey, Mark, what are you, white supremacist? How come I never get music? Go ahead, cut three. In the Promised Land, you talk about hope. Oh, that's his book. They're still hawking his book? By the way, Michelle's book did far better than Barack's. I just wanted you to know that. Go ahead. Built on hope. Pioneer abolitionists. Civil rights workers. You ran on hope. We are choosing hope over fear. And sending a powerful message that change is coming to America. Mm. We're now in 2021 and we have the pandemic, the insurrection, um, racial reckoning. There you go. We have an insurrection and racial reckoning, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Strahan now, down for the revolution. I used to like this guy. Thought he stayed away from politics. Now he uses the language of the hard left. I guess you have to if you want to get paid millions and millions of dollars and live in a life of luxury. Down for the revolution, the insurrection, racial reckoning. What does that mean? What does racial reckoning mean? They use these phrases. I want definitions. Go ahead. A lot of people feel like they've lost hope. Mm-hmm. How, how can people get that hope back? You get hope back from, for me at least, taking the long view and recognizing that resilience. All right, thank you. You're always full of crap, so I don't, I don't need to go on with your uh, mediocrity. Thinks he's Aristotle. You know, uh, it's just, it's enough. Mediocrity. Regardless of race, how does a mediocrity like you become president of the United States? I'd just like to know, regardless of race. How does a mediocrity... But you know what? It's happened twice now. There's Joe Biden. Another media... He's worse than a mediocrity. But thanks a lot, Michael Strahan. Very tough questions and very nice music. Down for the revolution. Great. Will you be taking a knee, too? Hillsdale College serves four purposes. I, I just lose faith when, when people who I've admired and all, and then so superficial, so pathetic. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-381. Folks, we have a very powerful life living in Levin. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday. If you can't watch it live because it's Father's Day, please DVR it. Please. I think it's one of the best I've ever done. We have Zudi Jasser on. We have Representative Lee Zeldin on. It is powerful. And we are going after the elements in our society. The Marxist elements, the racist elements, the jihadi elements, all the elements. No holds bar. That are collectively destroying this country. And it is really uh, going to be eye-opening. It's going to be cutting edge in my personal view. So I hope if you can't watch it live at 8 p.m. Eastern time, that you'll go ahead and record it because I really don't want you to miss it. I also want to mention for the first time, American Marxism. Again, the most important book I've ever written. We've talked about aspects of it at a fairly surface level for the past two and a half, three months. The moment's almost here when it will be released, when you will see me all over radio. Excuse me. See me all over radio. Hear me all over. Wait a minute. See me all over TV. Hear me all over radio in one uh, interview after another because I, I, I feel that we've got to get the message out as much as possible. You've heard the backbenchers do their very best to try and discuss it, and that's a good thing. But now it's time for the All-Stars to jump in. And so I have spent months and months and months and months writing this, researching this all by myself, because that's the only way I know how to do it. Weekends, early morning, late at night, three, four hours sleep, which is all I get anyway. I don't believe any of the others have applied that kind of brain power to this. So I hope you'll jump in with both feet. The weekend is here, almost. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, whatever you're comfortable with. And you'll get copies for your father, your grandfather, your husband. And you can print it out and let them know that you'll have the copy in hand that they will on July 13th, the moment it arrives. And I think they'll be very pleased with it. And college starts up again soon. Early August in some places. Your kids need to be armed with this information. But not just them. Your friends and neighbors and colleagues and co-workers. You ever watch these UFC fights and the announcer goes, It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Now, I want to move on here. I want you to listen to another black man. He's not Michael Strahan. He's not Barack Obama. Michael Strahan would never have this man on his program. And Barack Obama would never acknowledge this man. But this is a very smart man. A very well-educated man. And a black man. You see, Obama chooses the black people he wants to promote and the black people he wants to crush. 
just like the white left, do exactly the same thing. And the whole notion of critical race theory, as I've said several times now, is that if you do not agree with this Marxist revolution, and Al Strahan is down for the revolution, then you're not really a black person. Oh, your skin is black, but between your ears you've been colonized by whites. If you believe in a colorblind society and Martin Luther King, if you believe in the civil rights movement and all that took place, in the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Acts, you've been colonized. Your mind has been destroyed by your white man's surroundings. This is how sickening this racist ideology is, and it is a front, a pretext for the Marxist movement behind it. Again, we'll get into this in a deep, deep, deep way, but Ty Smith is a red-blooded American who's also African-American and who's also a father. And he spoke at an Illinois school board meeting last week, and I'm trying to give as much attention to every one of these wonderful heroes out there, regardless of race, who've had the guts to stand up. You've had the guts to stand up. So I want you to hear this. I want you to call your family around if you're in the car. Roll down your window. This is Ty Smith, who's far more important than Barack Obama or Michael Strahan. Just a regular American trying to raise a family. Cut six, go. What I want to do is I want to talk about when we think about critical race theory, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? When you say the word critical, what comes to your mind when you think about the word critical? I have two degrees in medicine. You know what critical means to us? Critical means that the person is almost getting ready to die or they most surely will die. So when you say critical race theory, you might think of it in the sense of, oh, this information is critical that they know as of the upland important. But when I think about critical race theory, I think about critical as in this is getting ready to kill something or kill somebody. So most likely what is going to happen when this gets taught to our children? Give you an example here. I was in the third grade and I was on welfare. Go figure. And we had something called a lunch card. Our teacher would let the kids that got the cold lunch or got lunch from home, they got to go in line first. I had to, the ones that had a lunch card, we had to go behind them. So time after time that kept on happening, I'm getting there thinking like, man, this is messed up. How come the kids that got a cold lunch? How come the kids that got lunch from school? Why do they get to go before me? I started feeling real down and bad about myself. What makes them kids more special? What makes them different? What makes them so cool that they get to go first while us with the lunch card get to go in the back? So I started piecing some things together like, man, this is messed up. Why? 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 These people that got, actually got the lunch, the ones that had the cold lunch, the ones that had to go get to go first, they were some of my friends. I started disassociating myself with them. I started actually hating them. I actually started disliking them because I felt that they had something that I didn't have. They had it better than I had. I actually started getting mad at my home life because why can't I get a cold lunch to bring up here? So I can be up there in line. Why couldn't I? Now, my friends trying to figure out what's wrong with time. How come he's so mad at us? I'm mad at them for something that's not even their fault. I'm getting mad at them because I'm the one that got a lunch card. They get to go first in line. But the fact that I was in the third grade and was able to piece that together to say in the third grade, look what I did. I conjured up my own perceptions of what my friends were. They weren't looking down on me. They didn't think they were better than me. I'm the one that came up with those false perceptions of what my friends were, not them. So when you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other. That's pretty 
That's pretty much what it's going to say. It's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids? This white kid right here got it better than you because he's white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed? How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, because I only got five minutes now. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never gonna be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't gonna be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't gonna let you get no, oh, you know you're not gonna be able to do here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man gonna keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit there and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we even talking about this right now. The last thing we're gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their, what? Character. Their character. Not their skin. If they letting this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black history. Mother dog will sit there and just pee, pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. Lastly, we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me, I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel, animals will put their lives on the line to protect their children from danger, to protect their children from what we call... Predators. And what do they do? They put their lives on the line from predators. What are we doing? Oh, just let the kids go. Let, let, let anything happen to them. Let, let anybody, let, let, bring in this sexuality stuff right there to pervert these children and all that. Let them know that, oh, if somebody touch you, oh, if it felt good to you, it's going to be okay. Nobody want to get to the heart of the matter, get to the meat of the matter, get to the moral of the story. It all comes down to it. The person that's going to be suffering from this, the one that's going to be hurt from this is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on and we see that we producing a whole bunch of kids that's actually super sexually Pedophile acting and all this stuff like that. Whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. Ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. Oh, my time is up? I'm, I'm, okay, my time is up. I'm going to finish with this real quick. As far as the mask go, you talking about somebody mentioned the comment about there being common sense? I got two medical degrees. Guess what? When it comes to doing things with masks and all stuff like that, you got something called contact isolation or ice, certain things that's in the air, right? So when you go in there, you do something called the PPE, right? I go in there with a mask on to protect myself from certain airborne illnesses or dropping precautions and all that. Guess what? I've been wearing a mask all this time. I've been working in the hospital for over 20-some-odd years. I don't have COVID. Never had it. Never been vaccinated. I have not gotten anything whatsoever because guess what? I follow the ABCs of medicine when it comes to wearing a mask. So I don't care what Dr. Falsi or Fauci says. The basic common sense of it is this email told you it's not going to help you from doing anything. So guess what? To this day, still haven't gotten the COVID. Still haven't gotten the COVID. Any of it Ladies and gentlemen, we have heroes all over the place. 
who don't even know they're heroes. We have leaders and statesmen all over the place who don't know they're leaders and statesmen. There are people writing now and telling you, I sense a movement developing, a movement developing. No, there is a movement. It's not a matter of sensing. It's a fact. That's what's happening. And we have spent, you and me, this magnificent audience, you, who come to me and I come to you through the airwaves, one form of technology or another, and we communicate with each other. And we explain these things to each other. We don't waste time behind the microphone, do we? We don't waste time in front of the click lights, do we? It's already spreading just from our conversations. Just from our conversations over the last three months. Even before we get to the book. And by the way, it's not all me. I'm just saying. People are getting braver and braver. They're speaking out more and more. They want to protect their children. They want to protect their country. They want to protect their grandchildren. That's the business I'm in. I'm not an observer. I'm not just an opinion maker. I'm an activist. I've always been an activist. I always will be an activist. That's why you saw me at the Tea Party rallies. That's why liberty and tyranny was carried throughout the Tea Party rallies. 1.5 million sold. That was unheard of. Unheard of. And that's why I believe American Marxism is taking off right now, even before it's available. I haven't done some big media blitz. I haven't come under attack yet. No, that'll come. It's you in the radio audience. It's you. Now, there's Ty Smith. Ty Smith won't get a platform on Good Morning America. Ty Smith won't be treated like a king the way Barack Obama is. And yet Ty Smith is uh, is quintessential American. He's a quintessential red-blooded American. Now, the media is filled with corrupt ignoramuses who embrace these Marxist movements. And one of the most corrupt ignoramuses intellectually that I focused on the most is a guy by the name of Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd has no credentials to be where he is. None. Most of them don't, by the way. He has no credentials to sit in the seat that Joel A. Spivak sat in for almost a quarter century. None. Or his predecessor. No. He's not an accomplished individual. He's not a well-read individual. He's not written anything worth reading. He's not said anything that can be remembered. 
which is exactly why the corporate media put him in the place where they put him. He is a Democrat operative. His wife is a Democrat operative. That's all he knows. That's what he is. And not just a Democrat operative. They were close to the Tom Harkin folks. Tom Harkin was a radical kook out of Iowa, as you well know. So here we are, confronted day in and day out. The evidence is overwhelming. There have been books written about this. The head of naval operations is pushing critical race theory. The president of the United States, and by the way, it's not just critical race theory. I'm just focused on that. We've got to get into these other areas, too. They're just as daunting and damning. The president of the United States and the vice president are pushing critical race theory. Racism. Bigotry. And here's what Chuck Todd says in an interview on Mediate. Now, Mediate is a is a really bizarre site, quite frankly. It's got mostly prebubescent, low-IQ throwbacks who don't create anything original. Quite left-wing, I might add, with a few exceptions. But let's take a listen to this. And we only have 10 seconds. All right, I build it up. We'll listen to it in a moment. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Only one minute this segment. Sorry, folks. I misread the clock. But let's listen to the great schmuck Todd. Cut four, go. Let's take this this so-called controversy over critical race theory. And I say so-called controversy because it's sort of, it's a creation that keeps people watching or keeps people clicking. And suddenly, you know, yada, 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 school board meetings are getting disrupted, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just sort of like, wait a minute, are you covering the news that people need to know? This jackass, this is going on at the local level in schools all over the country. It is is an outrageous, racist agenda. He is an ignorant, ignorant individual, a radical Democrat, and he's not even covering it. And so he denounces those who are. It's clickbait, clickbait. You damn fool, you used Trump as clickbait for four or five years. But this is what we have here, a complete corrupt buffoon. More when I return.
on the straight and narrow path, you have a guide. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I want to move on to a number of other issues. We're already halfway through the program. Man, it goes fast. At least it does for me. So just a quick uh, walk through uh, Stacey Abrams' memory. On uh, voting ID, hat tip to Rumble, June 17, 2021, by my calculation, that's yesterday. Cut 12, go. That's one of the fallacies of Republican talking points that have been deeply disturbing. No one has ever objected to having to prove who you are to vote. It's been part of our nation's history since the inception of voting. Voters without a driver's license or state... All right, stop, stop, stop. So we have... The Republicans, well, these Republicans, what a bunch of buffoons. Nobody said you shouldn't have a voter ID. What are you talking about? April 27, 2021, less than two months ago, voters without a driver's license or state ID, go ahead. Surrender their personal information and risk identity theft just to receive an absentee ballot. And then there are the 200,000 Georgia voters who don't have either ID and the putative free ID that is not free when you factor in the cost of transportation and the cost of underlying documents. So she opposed voter ID and now she supports it. Stacey Abrams has been unencumbered with the truth for a very, very long time. For a very, very long time. What they've done is they've done polling. 80% of the black community thinks you should have a voter ID. And that's a community she claims to represent. 80%. And when individuals have gone into various communities and they've said, do you have a voter ID? Yes, I have a voter ID. And they look at the questioner like, what are you, an idiot? Of course I have a voter ID. And in this country, how the hell do you survive without a voter ID? And so, yesterday she said, the Republicans are lying. We never said anything about it. Two and a half months ago, actually less than two and a half months ago, she said, no, no, well, there's expenses associated with voter IDs, and you risk identity theft. Listen to the idiocy. Uh, 200,000 Georgians don't have voter ID. It's not free. You have to pay for transportation, you know. And this is the nature of the left. Say anything, do anything to acquire power. You know, Al Sharpton was on the morning schmo show. Can you imagine? Joe Scarborough has become such a lowlife that he's interviewing lowlifes. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing. But if you want to survive in MSLSD land, or the New York Slimes, or the Washington Compost, or the Constipated News Network, and all the rest of them... You must lower yourselves. You must crawl on your belly. And Joe Scarborough has learned how to do that very, very well. Even with that bulbous nose. Washington, no, that's not what I wanted to get to. This, this is very important. This fellow, Christopher Jacobs, who writes at the Federalist and elsewhere, he's, he's a sharp dude. He's a sharp dude. He looks at the details. Biden's plan to raid Medicare. Hello. 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 Shows his callous disregard for math and voters. Ready for this one? Have you heard this today? I don't know. 
The budget President Biden recently submitted to Congress. You know what? I have to pull it up because the damn thing cut it off. Hold on a second. Cut it off. That sounds painful, Mr. Producer. Hold on a second. Do we have any music or anything? I don't want to do a moment of silence. My, by the way, my computer sucks. I have the worst damn computer. Hold on. Where are we? I'm looking, looking, looking. Well, here's what he wants to point out. They are going to rob money out of the Medicare trust fund. Such as it is. Rob money out of the Medicare trust fund. And I delayed successfully for 40 seconds. So the budget President Biden recently submitted to Congress resembles President Obama's fiscal blueprints in many respects. It taxes too much, spends too much. With $14.5 trillion in new federal debt, it certainly borrows too much, and your kids and grandkids are going to pay a severe price. Oh, no, it won't. I'm a Democrat, and I'm in the middle class. No, they're going to get whacked. You know, when Reagan said a, uh, a rising tide lift all boats, they used to, oh, trickle-down economics. Let me tell you something. When the tide hits the wall, it hits everybody. Everybody. The Biden's budget reflects his Democrat predecessor in another aspect. It uses, ready for this, hundreds of billions of dollars from Medicare to pay for, among many other things, the expansion of Obamacare. Now, here's the deal. Medicare's gone broke. But there it is on the books. Now, it's on a different book. It's not an on-budget item because they don't want to treat it as an on-budget item. So they take it off the books. This is how the uh, Ponzi scheme leftists work. This is how the Ponzi scheme in Washington works. Same with Social Security, but Medicare is in even bigger trouble. So they take it off the books and put it on different books, you know, like the mob. And so there it's sitting off books in a different book. But it's got hundreds of billions of dollars there. Even though it's going under, it has hundreds of billions, at least paper, based on paper. And so they're taking it out. They're going to take it and use it. Among its myriad tax increases, the button budget includes a line item rationalized net investment income and self-employment contribution act taxes. Whoa! What the hell is that? They're applying the 3.8% payroll tax to all income received by high-income taxpayers. The Treasury's budget explanation justifies this proposed change by claiming the different treatment of income by the self-employed and owners of business partnerships is unfair. You know what's going to happen? Those who are going to get really whacked, the rich. Massive increase in capital gains tax, massive increase in individual income taxes, massive increase in corporate income taxes, and then they're going to take this Medicare, 3.8%, Obamacare, I should say, tax, and dump it on top of everything else. And the, uh, and the amazing thing is, Dr. Biden, the first birthing uh, woman of the United States, actually birthing person of the United States, and her dim-witted low-IQ husband, they had their accountants set up these two S corporations I've told you about before. And actually, I learned about it from Christopher Jacobs, first in the Wall Street Journal and then on the Federalist. In order to avoid what? In order to avoid paying Medicare and Obamacare taxes for two years at the height of their income. 
They didn't pay Medicare and Obamacare taxes. Biden's family's plan proposed using some of the same money to pay for his new entitlement expansions, that is Medicare money and Obamacare money, including an expansion of Obamacare subsidies estimated to cost $163 billion over 10 years. That would siphon more than two-thirds of the revenue that's supposed to be going towards Medicare. So he's going to bankrupt Medicare faster. But don't worry, we can always print. And he says, we've seen this gimmick before. Obamacare rated Medicare to the tune of $716 billion over a decade to pay for that law's new entitlements. By the way, the Supreme Court was happy with all. Oh, sure, of course you can. It's right there in the Constitution. Kathleen Sebelius, then the Secretary of Health and Human Services, infamously testified before Congress that this $716 billion could both save Medicare while funding Obamacare. Wow. Of course, that's absolutely impossible. Only Washington politicians can claim with a straight face to spend the same money twice. Biden, who has spent the last half century in Washington, wants to do just that. His budget takes a page out of the Obama playbook. So now, if you did this on your taxes, you'd be going to prison. Now, if Donald Trump did this on his taxes, he'd be going to prison. Instead, Biden's doing it on all of our taxes for the whole country, and he's being celebrated. Hey, look at this. It's a Ponzi, two Ponzi schemes, not just one, two Ponzi schemes. This will be really great. Yes, he's for the people, don't you know? Here's the bottom line to take away from this. They're going to drain hundreds of billions of dollars out of the Medicare program and the Obamacare program, while both of them are barely financially surviving. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. XM Satellite, Stacy, Houston, Texas. Go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. First of all, I wanted to let you know I did pre-order the book on Audible. So Thank I'm looking you. forward to it. I appreciate and, that. And um, um, I wanted to support you. So um, I, my biggest thing is when we have these discussions with people on the left, 
um, the their their go to argument when you're talking about slavery, slavery, Jim Crow. And you're all a that. little muffled. I'm not sure why. You're you're a little muffled. Is there um, anything you can do? Uh, can you hear me? Are you on your Bluetooth or are you on the phone? Um, I am. I'm that's on much my, better. I'm on my phone. Yeah, that's better. Go ahead. That's better. Okay, I apologize for that. It's but right. uh, um, no, I just uh, the the left argument when you talk to them about slavery and stuff, they they try to debunk what you're saying or or switch the narrative when they say that the party switched sides. And that's their big thing that they do to try to shut you down. So, you know, saying that it, technically it was Republicans back then and the Democrats of today are, you know. So this is easy to address. And, of course, they have to lie because that's all they know. So which Republicans switch side? Which Democrats switch side? You know, that's what I always. Yeah. And they they're talking about, I guess, a few Dixiecrats or whatever. And Yeah, they, that's a few Dixiecrats. But they're talking about an entire culture. That's not what happened. Didn't, people didn't switch sides. The Democrat Party has always been the Democrat Party. It is a bigoted party. It is a, uh, a an, an, an party that does not embrace Americanism. It doesn't embrace it today. It is a party that is obsessed with race in one form or another. It has many of the same manifestations and characteristics as it has always had. Uh, it rejects America's principles. It rejects America's founding, whether it's the Confederacy or the American Marxists. But that's not what happened. You had a new generation of people, children and grandchildren of the individuals who uh, were of the Democrat Party down there, uh, many of whom became Republicans, some did not, and embraced the idea of individual human liberty and limited government and all these other things. So nobody switched side. The suggestion then is that you and I, and Republicans, of course, uh, we've, we have always supported slavery and segregation and so forth. Now, you've got to stand up to this and really, and really knock it down. Yes. And, and I try. I try to throw fa- facts at them, but then, of course, then the name calling starts. But uh, the bottom line is that that's what they tell a lot of people. Well, I mean, there's other things you can say. For example, um, Bill Clinton is a rather recent Democrat, isn't he? Well, his mentor was William Fulbright. William Fulbright was a racist segregationist who participated in the uh, filibuster of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Uh, Orville Faubus was another one uh, who took Bill Clinton under his wing. Uh, We can talk about the current president of the United States, who worked very closely with two of the worst segregationists out of Mississippi, uh, absolute racists, and Joe Biden was very fond of them, and they were very fond of him, and Joe Biden's own words can be used against him. And I could go on and on and on. Who did they choose as first their minority leader and majority leader in the 1970s? I believe that's well after the Civil War. That would be Robert Byrd. Robert Byrd, the Grand Kleagle of the Klan, and he, he, he created his own Klan organization in West Virginia because West Virginia broke off from Virginia mostly to support the North. And even in the movie uh, Gettysburg, he's dressed up in the gray, the the Confederate gray, as he has a little bit part in the movie. So we can go through all this. And the fact that we don't support radical uh, left-wing policies to undermine our Constitution, the fact that we support limited government, the fact that we support 
our country and are not American Marxists, democratic socialists, or whatever the hell you want to call it. The idea that that makes us segregationists and white supremacists and all is absolute bullcrap. And that's the bottom line. All right, Stacy, I got to run. I want to thank you. And yes, this is something they throw back at us, and it is something we need to we need to hit out of the park, if you will. The Democrats and the Democrat Party wants to erase its own history as it wants to erase American history. Well, we're not going to let that happen. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Biden title... Biden dumping illegal immigrants. Can you hear me, Mr. Producer? Biden dumping illegal immigrants around the nation without notice. You know what I was thinking about today? At the drop of a hat, the Democrats were calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Before he walked into office, when he walked into office, throughout his tenure. Man didn't do anything that deserved that kind of treatment. Not a thing. He followed the law. He followed the Constitution. He operated within the limits. And ultimately was upheld. Even the funding of the wall, oh, you can't do this, can't do that, the court said he could to try and protect Americans from potential terrorists among immigrants coming from terror-ridden nations. He was accused of, of being a bigot against Muslims, which was such a lie, these Democrats are so disgusting. Well, the second order he issued was upheld by the courts. Everything he did was either upheld by the courts, and then he would follow through, and if they weren't, he would stop. He didn't try to push the boundaries. He just tried to do his job and institute his promises. Everywhere you turn with Biden and his cronies and his comrades, they're pushing the edges of the envelope, they're jumping outside the box, They're doing things in ways that are utterly lawless. They're trying to change the Constitution without amending the Constitution. They're loading up the bureaucracy with reds. And not a single Republican talks about impeachment. But wait wait, wait a minute. We, uh, We can't do that. That's bad politics. Carl Rowe says it's bad politics. Paul Ryan may not like that. What about Peggy Noonan? 
What about the Washington Post or the New York Times? We might get bad press. Besides, we'll lose Romney and Sass and Murkowski and the weak underbelly of the Republican Party. Just hold on. We'll win. Just give us... Anyway. Not a word about impeachment. He's dumping illegal aliens into communities without giving them a heads up. He's trying to change the demographics, particularly of red states. Everybody knows what's going on. And uh, he's also doing other things. He's making changes to the Iran deal that are not going to be presented to Congress. He's already lifted sanctions against a number of Islamo-Nazi theocrats in Tehran without even consulting Congress. And it's his Congress, Democrats. Nobody brings up the Constitution. Nobody talks about impeachment. You know, they have maniacs on the Democrat side, like Maxine Waters, she's out there. Impeachment, we're going to impeach it. You know. And, uh, and the Republican Party, if somebody dares, they'll be chucked out. You know, what, what are they talking about here? I, I just think it's so obtuse. It's just, uh, you know, another conspiracy theory. So it's clickbait. You know, it's clickbait. What does uh, Strahan think? Well, Obviously, the white supremacists are behind this, uh, trying to take out not just the president, but the uh, uh, but the the uh, first uh, what, what are we what are we saying? The first birthing person, vice president. Got to get all my words correct here. And so, dumping illegal immigrants around the nation without notifying the localities and the states. Massive open border. He's violating our federal immigration statutes. He's totally undermining the entire process. He's got a rogue attorney general over there who is trying to spread citizenship by redefining what refugee status means and so forth. So they're going to start handing out citizenship cards as fast as they can. See, just in time for the next election. And then the media says, what do you mean? Media needs to understand something. 60% of the country hates your guts. We think you're disgusting. We think you're hacks. We think you're propagandists. We despise you. Because you're destroying our country. You've thrown in with the rabble and the Democrat Party. You know, Schumer, Pelosi, they're ilk. Let's take some calls here. Tatiana! Tatiana, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. How are you? Excellent. Uh, Mark, I am a so-called professor of Marxist-Leninist philosophy. I graduated from the same... All right, so let's slow down. You're a professor of Marxist-Leninist philosophy. Go ahead. Uh, yes. I graduated from the same university as Ayn Rand and, unfortunately, Vladimir Putin. Uh, I live in San Francisco for 35 years, and in my worst nightmare, I couldn't even imagine that after spending 12 years of my life trying to get my ass 
from the paradise called Soviet Union, I will find myself in the Soviet Union all over again. And this is not only my opinion. It's opinion of all my immigrant friends, and I know plenty of people, believe me. So America turned into Soviet Union in front of our eyes. We have censorship. People afraid to talk to each other like it was in the Soviet Union. Parents sending children to school tell them, don't talk in school what you listen in the house, okay? If you listen something in the house, don't repeat it in school, okay? The same situation. Double think, double education with teaching children lie. My grandchildren will be liars already like it was in the Soviet Union. People censor. Let me, let me just comment and say, I hear your distress, and people really need to listen to you. I hear your distress. They need to listen to that young woman who was a refugee out of North Korea. You need to listen to people who had to escape Castro's Cuba. You need to listen to people who are escaping Maduro's Venezuela. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, these are people really like you who know what you're talking about as opposed to these Marxist tenure professors in our colleges and universities and these clowns on TV and elsewhere. You're exactly right. Go right ahead. I received, I received my second education from 2002 to 2007 at St. Francisco State University because I wanted to study English. And when I came to this university, I realized what Marxist propaganda on campus was much worse than the shit I had back in the Soviet Union at Department of Marxist-Lenin's Philosophy. Because every teacher there, instead of teaching structure of uh, sentences, grammar, whatever, been saying it was Bush time, we've been starting five minutes of Bush hate, and after this, America is terrible country, America is horrible, and some teachers, it was so funny, I was refugee, I was refusing for 12 years, you know what refusing means, people who are applying to immigrate, right. and were not allowed to, and we've been treated like, like, like criminals all the time, back in the Soviet Union, and you can, ima- you can imagine, I mean, sitting in the class, 50 or 50 year old woman at the time, mm-hmm. and right. I see in front of me, crazy, mm-hmm. this shell teacher who never combed her hair in her life, who, whose personal hygiene right. was like she was homeless. Let me, let, me, let me also add this to what you're saying. 117 years ago, 1928, when Stalin was in control of Russia, expanded it to the Soviet Union. Of course, he hadn't expanded it to the extent it would wind up being expanded after World War II. There's a man in this country, a so-called intellectual. He had a lot of clout. And he went and studied the kind of education apparatus that Stalin had set up. And even though Stalin was slaughtering people, he wasn't in his full genocidal mode yet which will come soon thereafter, particularly starting with the Ukrainians in 1932. Now, that said, he went into the classrooms, he spoke to the various uh, education czars and so forth, and he came back to the United States, and this is in my book now, American Marxism, 
he came back to the United States and he wrote uh, in a fairly popular left-wing progressive so-called magazine called The New Republic. And he wrote in The New Republic how impressive Russia's educational system was, how it was unifying the country, how the instruction was the same from one classroom to the other, how the instruction had a purpose, not just to learn language and science and mathematics and so forth, but to support the commune, that is, the state that was being developed, of course, by Stalin. And he was the man who had the greatest influence in American education to this day. To this day. And journalists like Jay Rosen, who is a professor out of New York and teaches journalism and others, point to John Dewey as their great hero. John Dewey, who destroyed American education, opened the door wide to what's taking place today. He is the founding father of what's taking place today, as people will learn again when they read the book. And so, again, your experience in the Soviet Union is very, very important. People need to understand that we need to listen to people like Tatiana. They lived under the iron fist on the other side of the iron curtain. And they see similarities. And the reason they see similarities is because there are similarities. And the fact that the American media has let down the American people for more than a decade, and especially now, is the sort of thing that always happens. Because when push comes to shove, the media, the American media, is weak, predictable, ideological. Thank you for your call, my friend. Excellent. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. We have a voting problem in America, ladies and gentlemen. We have a voting problem in America. Isn't it amazing? When Barack Obama was elected twice, we didn't have a voting problem in America. There was no voter repression, no voter suppression. Remember all that? Prior to the virus, we didn't have a voting problem in America. Now we have a voting problem in America. Now we have Jim Crow in America. I despise these Democrats. I despise their media. I despise what they are doing and have done to our nation. There is no debating with these people. There is no half measures with these people. They must be defeated. They must be defeated. 
They look down on us. That is, those of us who love this country. The way they talk about us. Meanwhile, not a damn one of them would have anything to wipe their you-know-whats with, but for somebody else manufacturing it and delivering it to their supermarket. We all know that. Let's go to Brian, Baltimore, Maryland, listening live on the great WMAL. Go right ahead, Brian. Hey, Mark. Long time no talk. Good to talk to you. You um, too. Thank you. You remember my background, my bona fide firefighter. Aggressive hellhole. Yes, sir. Across the river from your uh, compound, your bunker. Yeah. And so I've been around a lot of stupidity. I've tried to raise my kids to not be stupid. You just said that you despise the Democrats. You know, we have a voting problem. No, we have an idiot problem, just like Shelby Steele said on your show, talking mm-hmm. about racism. He said there's going to be racists. There's always going to be idiots in our country. Unfortunately, this public school system run by the progressives has mass produced a full market generation of idiots. I just got engaged in a conversation with my daughter. She's a rising sophomore in college, and um, she I, she decided she's in a vegetarian. I asked her why, and she started down the thing, the environment, corporations. Corp- so I kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. I said things. She goes, no, I don't really think that's true. I was like, no, it is true, and I have the facts. I can show you. I've got the receipts, as Dan Bongino says. I was like, I'll show you the receipts, and I'll prove it to you. And basically what it boiled down to, <clears throat> I said, so you're, you're in favor of Marxism. I said, basically the things you don't like capitalism. She said, well, corporations are bad. I said, well, corporations are the, the poster child of capitalism with that. Well, they can do better. They can, they make lots of money. They can do this. I said, well, if they have all that money and they got to put it out, they're not going to be able to continue to thrive. So basically nobody's going to have anything if you do that. And well, I don't think that's true. Well, I do. So you don't know anything about economics, correct? No, not really. All right. I'm in the bookstore right now looking for – I lost my copy of Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics in a Basement Flood, buying a new copy of that. And because of their just complete ignorance of everything and not learning anything, I'm buying three copies of American Marxism tonight because my kids, despite everything I've said, think I'm the dumbest guy in the world, yet I'm the one who's out there hitting the street, busting my tail, making a paycheck, making a way, keeping a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and they rail against everything that my country and I stand for. Absolutely brilliant statement and absolutely horrible situation you're in. And you need to know there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of parents in the same situation. They send their kids off to college at great expense. Great expense to you, great expense to the taxpayer, and the greatest expense is to society. And they come back with this pablum. And I'm praying and I'm hoping that for your daughter and others, this book, if they'll take the time to actually read it, if they'll take the time to actually read it or get them the audio or whatever it, whatever it takes, that hopefully it'll, uh, it'll knock some sense into them. Uh, what they're also being taught is to reject any contrary points of view. To reject any contrary points of view. So, uh, Brian, I want to I want to thank you very much. I don't have anything to give you. I'd give you a book, but I don't have any books right now. No, and I want to no, no, thank no, you. Not necessary. Yeah, hang in there, big guy. Hang Absolutely. in there. That's I know not it's necessary. tough. Hey, all keep right, fighting brother. the fight because it's still my country and I still love it. God bless you. And how many parents are confronted with this? Too many. Too many. We send our kids off to public schools and they come back like this, or we send them off to colleges and universities hoping they'll improve their lot so they can get decent jobs and have a decent salary and a decent life, and they come out as uh, little revolutionaries. 
not knowing much of what they, they are saying. It's really quite remarkable. Quite disgusting is what it really is. And we're paying for all of it. All of us, we're paying for all this. So we got to fight back. And I've got several ideas, and I'm also going to open my airwaves. I, I, you know, I hesitate to say this. Let, let us wait. Let us wait. There are just too many uh, plagiarists in this business. And I want this to be done right, not by the hit-and-run types. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Let us go to Josh, Kansas City, Missouri, the great KCMO. Josh, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. My name is Josh. Um, I just want to say I do think that these new laws that are coming into play in red states do uh, suffice as voter suppression. I, I do. I really believe that. Well, I don't really care what you believe. Make your case. Why? Well, I'll tell you, because I think if you make it harder for people to vote... What specifically, then... what specifically makes it harder for people to vote? Well, I don't believe it's a race issue. I don't think one race is getting... Sir, I didn't, I'm asking... these. I don't know why you're defensive. You're making a supposition. I'm just asking you to defend it. What is it that they've done in any of these states that makes it harder to vote? I think if you are a citizen of a state... You think signature comparisons make it harder to vote? You think voter ID makes it harder to vote? You think demonstrating you're a citizen makes it harder to vote? You think voting on actual election days makes it harder to vote? You think banning harvesting makes it harder to vote? What What is it that's making it harder to vote? I, I just think you, should, you shouldn't have to go through all these loopholes, you know? Nobody's going through any loopholes to vote. It's easier to vote today than it's ever been. I just think, why are you scared of democracy, you know? See, you're not, you see, this is my problem with you. You're an idiot. Why am I scared of democracy? Why do you support totalitarianism? Why do I support what? Why do you support totalitarianism? I don't support totalitarianism. Sure you do. You think everybody and anybody should vote whenever they want, wherever they want. I, Why do you support totalitarianism? That's not democracy. That's not how people are supposed to vote. See, everybody has the right to vote, and the system has the right to have integrity. 
I think you're right. I think everybody does have the right to vote. I think everyone should be able to vote because of that. Yeah, okay. Are you not paying attention to a single damn thing I said? Am I wasting my breath on you, pal? No, come on, Mark. I've asked you repeatedly now, what's the problem with any of these laws? You don't have the foggiest idea. Have you read any of them? Do you know anything about them? Tell me. I'm asking you a question, you moron. Don't just regurgitate your pablum. I asked you one specific thing that has been put in place or proposed by any of these states that prevents somebody from voting. Now give me a damn answer and get the hell off my phone. They've shortened the length of time you can vote. You can't vote as long yeah, as Yeah, actually, they lengthened the time you can vote in Georgia. They added an additional weekend day, and they added an additional hour. Joe Biden was lying. Is that where you got your information Jamaica from, Joe Biden? Georgia. Excuse me? I Get off the phone, you idiot. I already waited, wasted three minutes with you. There you are, a loser. Talks in uh, Sybilis. See, how can I put this? He talks in bumper stickers. Don't we have a clip where we say, if you're a fool, don't call the show, Mr. Producer? I don't mind having a debate, but you get on here, you sound like an idiot. Hey, everybody has a right to vote. And by the way, everybody doesn't have the right to vote. Everybody doesn't have the right to vote. If everybody has the right to vote, okay. I want a right to vote in uh, Major League Baseball. I want a right to vote. Who should be the team captain of the Philadelphia Phillies? I want the right to vote in New York. I want the right to vote. Oh, well, you can't do that. They're still, what, what are you against democracy? What are you against democracy? This is what we're dealing with. Morons. Of course, we have one as president. That probably explains a lot of it. Voter ID. What he told Mr. Callscreen is voter ID is suppression. Is what I mean? Really? Well, then, if that's suppression, the federal income tax is a thousand times more complicated for those of us who actually pay taxes. Now, that is worse than suppression, I suppose. That's torture. Let's go to William, Atlanta, Georgia, XM Satellite. Yes, William, how may I help you, sir? Good evening, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. It's an honor to speak yes. to you. Thank you. Uh, I heard you say earlier that Stacey Abrams said there's 200,000 people in Georgia who don't have voter ID. I, I think I might have to agree with that. It's illegal here in my state to give voter ID to children who are underage. <laughs> Stacey Abrams will say anything for power. She's a complete fraud. Uh, she still hasn't conceded the governorship. That's how desperate she is. Uh, and she's down there pushing every uh, corner-cutting measure she possibly can. And then when she found out that people in the African-American community do believe in voter ID, and the overwhelming vast majority have voter ID and are offended when you ask them if they have it or can get it, she immediately reversed course. So they'll take their stand on something else. And the reason why the Chuck Todds of the world, the frauds and the phonies and the corrupt media in this country, won't put on the screen every single element of this HR1 and S1 is because all Americans, including minorities, their eyes would pop out of their heads and say, what? What are you doing? 
individuals can register, not citizens. 16 and 17-year-olds can register. You can vote in any precinct you want, and you can't be checked. You can't, you can't check the person's name against any official document. Uh, you, can't, you can't require signature examination. You can't challenge anybody who's voting. That's a criminal penalty. Wait a minute. Every common-sense-thinking America who truly do, does believe in a, uh, in a democratic system and a Republican government would say this is absurd, except that last caller, who obviously uh, spends his uh, weekends and his hobby uh, sucking on mufflers. Yes, William. Uh, it's it's the insidious lie that the Democrats use. It's it's a partial truth to get a knee jerk reaction out of people who do no further research. You're right, and you know what? That's much of the Democrat base. Everybody who wants to vote should vote. That's what the guy kept repeating. Now you know that's not true. Everybody who wants to vote should vote. Everybody who has a legitimate right to vote should vote. That's it. All right, William, thank you for your call. William's a good guy. William's called before. Let's continue down the yellow brick road. Lynn, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great K-Dawn, K-D-W-N. Lynn, how are you? Yes, hi, Mark. I've called before, too. Yes, you're a lovely lady. Anyway, let me identify myself. Yes. I'm Georgie Woods' daughter. So um, I'm a black uh, birthing person. God bless you, or by the way. Yes. Maybe I'm a former birthing person since I'm postmenopausal. I don't oh, know. Yeah. We have to be so so precise with our language. Oh, yes. So, yeah, there's that. And I'm a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. And I've never celebrated. Jesus. Wait, wait, wait. You're a mental colonialist? <laughs> I don't know what the hell. Well, that's <laughs> what they say. If you're black and you're not up for the revolution or down for the revolution, your mind has been colonized by white privilege. Well, there you go. There you go. So I, I, I'm not saying that Juneteenth is a bad. It's a, there's nothing bad about that. And no, it, it's, it's very important. Historical date, but I don't yes. think it's worthy of a federal holiday necessarily. And that Kamala Harris, boy, I could have slapped her. She's so smug. Ugh. Well, anyway, let me ask you something. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. They throw him in on President's Day. There would be no Juneteenth but for Abraham Lincoln. And yet we don't celebrate his birthday anymore. Doesn't that annoy? It annoys me. Very annoying. But that's how I'm going to observe that day, Juneteenth. I'm going to have a glass of wine. And because it was my party, the Republican Party, who freed the slaves, Mm -hmm. party of Lincoln. So there. That's why they don't want to celebrate Lincoln. And all, of course, they try to destroy Lincoln too. Well, he wanted to send the black folks to Liberia and he wanted to do the... In the end, what Lincoln did was something no other human being on the face of the earth could have done. Abraham Lincoln did more for this country and more for African-American and other slaves in this country than any other person, black, white, or in between. And we don't even celebrate his birthday anymore. Lynn, God bless you, my friend. I shall return. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I throw this damn computer in the Potomac River, but for the environmentalists, you know, Mr. Producer, and all the data that would be on it, they track me down and, of course, send a SWAT team over here. So uh, I can't do that. Um, I'm taking a look here, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't looked all night, in fact, most of the day. Let's see where American Marxism is. This is all up to you. Let's see where you've put it on the Amazon list. Number seven. We're number seven. That's pretty good. On the weekend, it tends to drop. But we're number seven. Bill Clinton and James Patterson are number six. Now, everyone knows Bill Clinton doesn't write. Everyone knows Bill Clinton can't read. So surely we can frog jump over Bill Clinton, can't we? So I'm hoping uh, over the course of this week, and even tonight, you'll jump in if you haven't gotten a gift or you want to get an additional gift for your dad or your granddad or your husband. You can order this, print out the the invoice and say, look what I got, Pops. And you'll have this on uh, July 13th, right off the bat. And don't forget your kids, too. Remember Brian, my buddy, the firefighter out of Baltimore. Please don't forget Sunday, Father's Day. Let me first say this. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. God bless each and every one of you. And uh, happy Father's Day to my father. My father-in-law, my father Jack, my father-in-law Leo, they're not with us here, but I know they hear us. And uh, I want to thank you all very, very much for being here. Here we go, in honor of you.
right, folks, the week is officially over. The weekend begins right now. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin, 7, and that is at 8 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, please DVR. It's a very, very powerful show. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey and Griffey and Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda, Gigi, and my little Barney. And uh, good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. God bless each and every one of you. We shall overcome. You're damn right. Have a great weekend.